30 to 30. Work mm-hmm. your butt off. Like, just work your butt off. Don't don't even... Don't take... Your, your, your youth is probably the best thing. And I'm glad. I, yeah. I slip on floors. I grind. That's the time you can afford to do it. So use mm-hmm. it. If you're serious mm-hmm. about anything... Don't don't care about what your friends are doing. You're gonna thank yourself because ten years from there, I, I, I started my first business when I was what, 17, 18. Mm-hmm. grinding, failing, failed. students by students i am the podcasting host guest podcasting host actually um in itself so we're chilling here today with mr bill cbiza is it it's bill Ziba. oh Ziba. yes yeah kind of kind of confuses it kind of confuses it um but yeah mainly we'd like you to introduce yourself on an official basis now, um, and just briefly tell us more about yourself and itself. Okay. So, yeah, I go by the name of Bill Beginkosi Siziwa. Beginkosi is my middle name. Sometimes I, I introduce myself as Ubeginkosi because I just love the meaning behind it. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm originally, I'm, I was born in Zimbabwe. I uh, came down to South mm-hmm. Africa with my parents when I was two years old, so. Did most yeah. of my education down um, in Joburg. Uh, yeah. Did my tertiary education in the Eastern Cape. And that actually, that experience in my life actually was the first thing that started to, um, you know, shape a lot of yeah. who I am today. Oh, yeah. And then in terms of in the Eastern Cape, where mm-hmm. did you mostly grow up into um, and what really inspired you into the direction of Architecture in a sense. Architecture. All right. So mm-hmm. essentially, um, you know, I grew up, when I grew up, I didn't have any like special talents or anything that yeah. you could say, like, you look at this kid, ah, this kid is going to do something. Yeah. You know? So, and, and I was conscious of that. I, I was conscious of the fact that, you know, when I was in primary school, when I grew up, because where, where I grew up, uh, when my parents moved to South Africa, we... Uh, we said Kasi, like Bo Whitefield, yeah. which is on the east, yeah. on the east of Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. And you know, being a kid from Zim at the time, even though like I was two, three, already like being a two, three-year-old in Zim, like in a Zim crash, is different yeah. to a South African crash, especially those times, because it was just oh, yeah. apartheid times, like just before, you know oh, what I mean? So, okay. Uh there was a, an energy in South Africa. So it's like my nurturing, my environment, I, I grew up like seeing a lot of things. There was a lot of like protests in the time uh, as a kid. So I'm moving from a country where like I was living with my grandparents, my aunts, and then I'm moving to a country where I'm seeing this conflict. There was still unrest, especially Gokas. You know yeah. what I mean? So uh, I witnessed a lot of things when I was growing up, a lot of abuse, uh, alcohol abuse, and all, of, all those things, because you know, uh, my folks were obviously going through their things. They were human beings uh, migrating to another country, and there was drama, right? So I, I, I grew up seeing all this drama. 
And what it did, it made me a bit more conservative. I became more observant. So I wasn't too social. It made me a bit quiet because like just the shock factor, I think those things happening early in my life, seeing the abuse, seeing all these things. So it made me very quiet. So I used to keep to myself. Um, um, I think that's why like a lot of, I never realized certain talents about myself because I wouldn't do yeah. too much, you know? Uh, I wouldn't hang out with the guys playing soccer. Uh, or even if I did, my skills, maybe they weren't so sharp because I wasn't confident. Yeah. You understand? So I grew up very timid. I think until the age of, uh, I think the age of, yeah, like 15, 16, around that time is where, like, you know, I started to get a little bit out of my shell. And what got me out of my shell was that one time, there was one time, actually in the third grade, my my uncle taught me, um, he's actually the one who taught me how to draw, right? So during holidays, out, you know, you'd find us spending time watching cartoons, not really mm -hmm. doing anything productive, and mm -hmm. being a person who didn't really have a lot of talents. Um, mm -hmm. I, I remember I came, I came home with a school project. It was an art project, and he threw it in the trash. And I, I was insulted at first, but he was mm -hmm. like, "No, let me, let me show you how to draw." And he taught me the principles of drawing, right? Just an mm -hmm. apple. So he put an apple on the table, and he showed me how how you approach drawing. So that was my first time learning a technical skill, being exposed to a technical skill that my other peers weren't exposed to. So, mm -hmm. you know, people knew what they knew within the school curriculum, but I, I learned a technical skill from someone who got it from, you know, my, 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 my uncle was an electrical engineer. So oh, yeah. he had that. So he's teaching you the stuff at nine years old, right? So I found... Yeah myself doing things you know i found myself okay i started to to practice this thing because it's the only thing i'm good at my academics were just mm -hmm. you know i wasn't like my brother my older brother is very very smart because yeah. he went through the zoom education me when i came here I ate. okay I ate. <laughs> so yeah okay. so things like hey, this africans now i have to learn africans so like things were just very different but i knew that with the skill was the one thing I was good at. So I kept doing it every year during holidays, drawing, 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 until I became good. At the age of 15, 16, I started drawing houses. So I, do, I draw everything. I drew my girlfriend. I drew Nelson Mandela. Wow. <laughs> I was drawing everything, but I was like, hey, look, if I'm going to build a career out of this thing one day, I need to channel it towards something where there's money. And I was thinking like this already uh, at like 14, 15. Uh, if you asked me what I wanted to be, I was going to tell you I'm going to be a businessman. Because I used to see, like, you know, being from Zim, when you, mm. come, when you come as an immigrant, you know, mm. you, you're hustling. Not a lot of people like um, people who come here with a, a set career path, unless they're doctors mm. or lawyers or something. <laughs> you know, I started to see the hustle, right? So I knew I needed to be a businessman. The first time I saw cash, the first time I saw, like, a lot of money, and being seeing someone controlling money was my father because he was into multiple businesses right he wasn't like always there and stuff like that um you know he had his problems and his issues but he's the first person i saw transacting so i was like okay how do i transition this drawing thing into a business one day mm -hmm. right so i started drawing houses i didn't know what i was doing i didn't know there's a thing such as architecture but mm -hmm. i i used to take all the property magazines and i'll mm -hmm. draw all these all these buildings from uh, Pam Golding's Remax, the nice mm -hmm. double stories, which 
I dreamt of having that. I dreamt my parents would have uh, mm -hmm. one day. And I was like, I was just fascinated, uh, which led to, you know, obviously me pursuing this uh, in varsity. But, you know, that came with its challenges as well, which I think I can touch on. But that's, yeah. that's kind of like how the story started. Mm -hmm. Oh, in actual fact, what I heard in terms of that is that you basically knew exactly where you're going from the age of nine, right? Where those um, technical drawings and that you're going to, saying that you're going to make it or monetize it in a sense, should I put it like that? Because yep. that is really more of a thing that is really important, being very aware of your environment and literally having that sense of direction, which is what I believe you through that from to say that either way if i don't come out of this not knowing how to monetize this i won't have anything to to literally lean like on you're wasting your time you're wasting your time you know people need to understand your passion is your passion yeah i can be passionate about um sneakers right i like jordans i like air force ones i like i like whatever sneaker i like right but yeah. your passion for them can't just be something you spend so much time on. If your life is is not on track and you're not you're not making money, um, mm -hmm. you're having to go get another job, but you're still passionate about sneakers. You haven't put enough thought behind what what about this thing uh, mm -hmm. is of value to others. That's how you need to think about your passion. Because we're not on this earth. Uh, you know, I believe that we're not on this earth to serve ourselves. You know. Sure. You're not just, yeah, when you think like that, when you just want to serve yourself, um, generally that's when you find people just purely chasing the money. But when you see your talents and your skills that you acquire as a means to serve a bigger picture, mm -hmm. that's when you start drawing the, you're connecting the dots. You understand? Mm -hmm. so my thing was, okay, I can draw. And yeah, people like it when, you know, you do a portrait of them, but like, mm -hmm. that's subjective. It's like, how much do you pay me? Like, how much do you pay an artist? So it's about how famous he is, how rare the painting or whatever. But when I realized, okay, let me start drawing houses. Um, I started doing that because I, I, I would see pictures of drawings of houses. So I was like, it, there must be something. So there's, mm -hmm. there's a market for this. But I didn't know what it's called. Until, until I was like 17, 11th grade, choosing subjects. So with me, I'm the type of guy who, who likes to I like to ask the people who know. Yeah. So I went to one of the students who I was okay with, you know, the top 10 students in, in the grade. Yeah. He was one of the top 10. So I was like, nah, this guy is a smart guy. Yeah, I think he was number seven on the list. So I'm like, nah, yeah. you're reasonably smart. Um, I don't know what subjects to take. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, what I'm good at, I'm good at drawing houses. I showed him what I do. He respected mm -hmm. that. He's like, nah, dude, you, 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 you should be an architect. Because I thought I wanted to be an engineer. You know, your parents are like, yeah, engineering. What, what? Obviously. I'm like, nah, I, I knew, I knew I would not be able to be an engineer because mm -hmm. my maths and stuff wasn't so good. I'm an artist, you know, and I'm a very creative guy. I, I put processes together. I'm somebody yeah. who, um, who, who likes to mix the, the, the artistic thing of anything mm -hmm. to the technical. I, I, I like to I like to merge those things. That's what an architect is. You technically resolve a building, but make mm -hmm. it make it beautiful. Do it in a beautiful way. I can build you a shelter. 
Yeah. Just to cover your your needs, just to cover you from the rain. Or mm-hmm. I can I can build you a modernist home that has all kinds of features that allow you to live comfortably throughout the home. That's that's the difference between a builder and an architect. Oh, okay. Now, coming coming into architecture, I want to go a little bit deeper into that as well um, yeah. as to what do you study when you go through being an architect? Obviously, you also touched on that you needed to choose your subjects and um, this yeah. guy showed you the path. Um, what other subjects that you're taking? What is the, the what, what should I say, your academic life as a varsity student? Um, yeah. What you go through that? Well? I'm, yeah. I'm going I'm to tell you guys straight because... There's what, there's what um, you'll find online. And when you go through architecture school, you realize it's, it's like going through the army, I'm telling you. It's like going through the military. I'm telling you. So you need to understand, uh, if, you're, if you're still a student right now, you're in high school, mm-hmm. um, yeah, select, select your subjects, but select your subjects subjectively, in a sense. Okay. You, um, Look, look for the subjects that are going to give you a broader scope on life. Look what's going on in life. Number one, like, don't just be here. Like, Ish, I need to take, I need to take uh, biology because I'm good and I like that teacher. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have that teacher. Um, or I need to, I need to take these subjects to qualify to do this this yeah. course. So with architecture, right? You must understand what type of architect you want to be. Mm-hmm. which will guide you towards the importance of the selections of your subjects. So meaning you need to, you need to know that, okay, it's not just about being an architect. It's almost like saying being a scientist or an inventor. It's like, you're not, not everyone's going to be Elon Musk, but mm-hmm. if you, if you're trying to be the next Elon Musk, you must know what it takes to get there. It's not just the fact that you took science. So what I'm yeah. saying, where I'm going with this, the subjects I took, are probably not even that much related mm-hmm. to the qualification. However, I apply the same things. The way I do it, other architects can't do it the way I do it. So I took I took um, geography. Yeah, geography is, is is that subject that everybody kind of low key hates. I think it's because the teachers don't teach it well. True. True. They hate right. They hate mapping, they hate environment, understanding your environment. I, I can't stress this. It became my favorite subject. I didn't want to take it. My, you know, my parents kind of influenced me. But when I took it, I did. It was one of my top subjects. And I'll tell you the secret. The 11th grade geography. You're going to learn so much about systems, like global systems. Mm-hmm. That why, why we live in the world. Like it's, it's deeper than economics. This one is more practical. Geography mm-hmm. practical because you understand why certain houses get built on this side of the land and not mm-hmm. down there. It, 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 it shapes our urban environment. Geography is literally shaping the way you move in a city. Why is it that you feel nice being in Rosebank than Sunnyside, Pretoria? Mm-hmm. You understand? It's the geography yeah. of the place, it's the mapping of. So that, that gave it was my biggest tool. Because um, if you look online, it's going to tell you to take uh, maths, science, uh, EGD. EGD is uh, engineering and graphics design. Yeah. Which at my time, we didn't have that. They have it now because we live in the computer age. So subjects, I would would recommend 
that will give you the edge. Remember, I'm going to tell you stuff that's going to give you the edge, not just what's online. So okay. it's beneficial if you do take, if you do understand mathematics, because there is a, a, a scope of understanding moments, rotation, and 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 how like certain structural components behave on a building. So if I'm if I'm designing a, a townhouse, there's a component you need to understand how steel works. So that's a, a component of engineering. So mm -hmm. if you if you're good at math, that's great because then you can like work out you you're pretty good at formulas, mm -hmm. right? It's beneficial. For me, I was average at maths. Um, I just made it. I scraped through structures, okay. but I learned a lot. Though you know, you must absorb things. You may you may not test well, but even yeah. I'm I'm a practical guy, so I learned more yeah. on the field than I learned on a textbook. So yeah. I'd say maths. Nowadays mm -hmm. they accept uh, maths lit, so no mm -hmm. fear. Uh, physical science you can take it if you if you know that a. Hey, you can handle what comes because there's a lot that comes with physical science, but you, mm -hmm. you're going to start learning about velocity, momentum, because sometimes you need to design a building that can withstand the impact of a, of a car or, you know, oh, yeah. you know, that can, you know, uh, withstand the winds. The roof needs to be mm -hmm. such a way that the wind doesn't blow it off. So yeah. you'll be designing things like this. So mm -hmm. understanding the science of things, mm -hmm. but you can't get away without it. Uh, then the next one is EGD. EGD is important because now we no longer, like back in my days, drawing too much. It's helpful to yeah. know how to draw. But um, EGD is going to start making you familiar with computer interfaces because we use computers a lot. Yeah, Computers are number one asset as an architect right now because to pump up, to pump the volume of work you need to put in to mm -hmm. get a building ready to be built, Drawing by hand will take you months versus a computer-generated thing, which will take you, what will take you a month will take you less than a week. So EGD. And look, art in architecture school, remember, yeah. architecture stands, if you break up the word, archi, yeah. archi is about the art. There's, a, there's an art element yeah. about it. And then the texture is the technology. Oh, okay. Okay, I get that now. Architect. So it's like, it's architecture is about mixing the art of a building to the technology. So mm -hmm. a lot of people think, ah, you draw nice houses. There's a lot to make the thing stand in the air and so that it doesn't fall on you. You know what I mean? So it's the technology yeah. behind that. So, um, Art, art is going to help you become a very creative or to enhance your, your creativity because otherwise you end up being a draftsman. If you don't have art and an artistic mind, mm -hmm. if you know what draftsmen are, draftsmen, they focus mostly on the on the, tech, the, the technicals. It's like they'll, they'll, they'll design the kind of buildings where they look monotonous, like flats. Oh, yeah. Piece. Doesn't require too much art in and creativity. So mm -hmm. if you want to be a draftsman, don't worry about art. If you want to be a well-recognized, uh, very niche architect, maybe you do residential homes, like mm -hmm. I did, that's where I started, or you, you, you do malls, or you do parks. Remember, mm -hmm. 
there's landscape architects. There's architects that are doing skyscrapers in Dubai. All yeah. different skill sets. It's almost like you look at trading, because I also I'm also like getting into finance and, and investment. So yeah. you look there's different styles of trading. It's the same way as an architect. There's different styles of architecture. You must mm-hmm. build your fundamentals with school. Mm-hmm. You know, you go through the schooling, and then you realize, okay, this is my niche. This is my forte. That's where I'm going to head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is super, super. I actually thought it was all about physics. I will not lie. I thought it was geography and physics. That's all I thought of when I went into architecture. Yeah. It's, um, it's so much, man. Um, architecture school in itself, like I say, um, in South Africa, you can almost do six years, but yeah. um, it's a three-year degree. So, like I say, the the, the, the deeper you go, yeah, the, the architects you know, these famous ones, they've gone deep in this yeah. game. Some yeah. of us, it's just that it's become a, a commercial, it's, it's a commercially uh, recognized skill. So, if you are able to understand what you bring, what age you bring, because now life is changing, guys. Got the metaverse. Everything is internet now. So mm-hmm. I think it's, it's it's a beautiful time for people who want to get into the space to to like reimagine what it can be. Mm-hmm. That's your opportunity now because you don't have to like you don't even have to come build houses. You could start there, but understand there's there's a whole new world of technology and the Western world and where it's going that your skills are going to be required. And that's the big opportunity, I believe. And so uh, those, those it's, it's more than just physics and geography. That, that Now we're talking about understanding human interaction, social media, mm-hmm. but also understanding 3D uh, graphics and how we, inter- we interact. That's architect, because we're going to do spaces in those things. And and speaking mostly about the metaverse, yeah, I've heard that yeah. there's uh, once there's real estate selling now on, on the metaverse. Let's talk, I think, adaptation at most, because obviously since the world is changing, that means that possibly what is being studied now might not be very much useful going into the future. What would you then pick into that in terms of adaptation in itself? Could you just repeat that first part? Um, basically, I was saying that what is being basically like learned now, could it be that good useful going into, into the future at most? And that's the thing. That's that's a very mm-hmm. good question. I'm glad you asked that question because mm-hmm. that's normally when, when when looking from the outside in, when you're still a student, you're hearing people saying, ah, don't, don't waste time in university. Life mm-hmm. is changing. You must, you know, go straight into business. And then being someone now, um, where I'm a businessman, I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm, I'm also an architect. You know, yeah. I can see things from both sides because there's a corporate world which is very structured. Your life is going to be very structured uh, mm-hmm. to deliver on a discipline that is expected of you. So you almost, it's almost robotic in nature, the corporate yeah. system. It has its nice times, but it's, look, architecture is only going to be nice depending on what you make of it. So to answer your question, the stuff we're learning in varsity, the stuff we're learning in varsity are going to build your core. Oh. Right? They build. That's why I say architecture school is not just uh, a bunch of classes. You're going to learn how to draw. It challenges you so deeply. 
it challenges you so so much deeply. I wasn't joking when I said it's like the military. Yeah. Because especially if you're coming, and I'm guessing most of your listeners um, may be from a disadvantaged uh, background. Sure. Right? So mm -hmm. what I can tell you, can you can expect that there's not going to be a lot of people that look like you. Not, there's not going to be a lot of people that are willing to go through uh, what the, what's required of that course. It's going to challenge you mentally. You're going to have to, you have to know how it teaches you how to accept rejection. It teaches you how to yeah. fail. You will fail. Mm. Only the, like the chances of you being a star student in architecture is like 2%. Wow. Okay. I'm not sure. 2%, like you, chances you're not going to be a star student. It may happen in one semester, but it's, it's, it's a very, like you have to be so good, right? So what they teach you in architecture school are the fundamentals of architecture. Um, there, there is a practical side depending on what degree you, you take. And those guys generally have an advantage when it comes to the marketplace. When I say the marketplace, yeah. I'm talking about everyone who's out there in business, in the corporate world, who's making money from that thing. So mm -hmm. the people who have a more technical degree generally are more employable because what employers are looking for are people who mm -hmm. can deliver work, not come up with ideas. Architecture school, mm -hmm. for the, the more artistic side, the ones who don't do technical, you're going to mm -hmm. be more creative. You're going to come out that thing with some of the the most insightful ideas about how we live as human beings. Now, if you decide to go the route of the more um, the more imaginative, and that's when you do your masters in architecture, right? Yeah. You, you found a fine balance between technical and art. That's when you become an architect. The other guys who yeah. do more technology it's called architectural technology. Mm -hmm. They are more employable. Architectural technology is easier to find employment off the bat. Your, even your pay is going to start off mm -hmm. higher than the typical candidate architect on this side who's done yeah. their masters. But the potential level of the guys here. So meaning, oh, yeah. as, as what you learn in varsity, if you do an, a techno, technological career, you could mm -hmm. come out of varsity and catch a nice 25K salary. Because mm -hmm. your course requires you to go do some internship, get points. It's almost like doctor, right? Yeah. But your degree, there's a ceiling. So you you push whatever 25k, maybe you make it to like 45k at the mm -hmm. peak of you know your corporate thing before you have to now get uh, more qualification. Whereas yeah. the guy on this side, you leave varsity, you've got all this accreditation, all this all this stuff, but Employment may be a little more uh, difficult unless you've set your stuff up. If you're going to take this uh, route, start engaging with employers before you graduate because it's not going to find employment. These ones here, they're going to get started with a salary. If you're lucky, if you're lucky, maybe uh, back in my time is below 20,000. But with inflation now, you could say maybe above 20,000. But yeah. your, your peers on this side, maybe they're doing like high 20s starting. Now, these guys, where they peak, the architects, they can go much further. They're not going to peak at 45. Depending on how you move up the corporate ladder, mm -hmm. uh, you can find yourself earning uh, a comfortable salary 
above 65,000, 70,000, you know, if you work yourself up to be one of the directors of course, you know, the companies in architecture, they're not as big. It's not like banking. Banking, yeah. you know, there's a floor, 50 people, there's another floor. There's architect, uh, architecture companies, you find one building, uh, maybe mm -hmm. there's 10, 20 uh, people in a medium-sized firm. A large firm is, is considered anything like 45 and above. So it's okay. small, tight-knit stuff. So it allows you to get leadership positions fairly easily if you're good. But I, I have to tell you that um, that that career is fine if you're comfortable. I'm neither one of those. Yeah. I redefine my own things. Because like I told you, one of my other subjects was business. I think oh, I yeah. So, so now I, I personally took geography, math, science, and business. And business and theater. So then I'll, I'll then ask, in, in cases of that, incorporating architecture and entrepreneurship now, and that's where I would now get into that. Um, what's that journey in actual fact? Incorporating what you're already doing with now saying, I want to now take this into this certain level, uh, move it in this certain direction, which I believe is a way in which can benefit society in itself. Okay, okay, okay. So I'll tell you something. The entrepreneurship road for an architect Mm -hmm. is a difficult one. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it up front. I'm not gonna like yeah. sugarcoat it. It's a difficult one. It's already difficult just getting the skill set. It's difficult starting mm -hmm. uh, a business, making a business out of it, mm -hmm. uh, a thriving business. You can make some money. Like yeah, you can be one of those guys. Yeah, get like five five or six plans that I do a year. Mm -hmm. It pays you enough to finance a GTI and live in a nice two bedroom. Leopard estate, but you know, it's, it's all dependent. Like you yourself, as an entrepreneur, what are your goals? You know, some of us are lifestyle entrepreneurs. We want to find our lifestyles. Some of us want to be growth entrepreneurs. Want to have a listed company one day, and then some of us are just uh, self-employed. Yeah. Right. So the entrepreneurships, uh, the entrepreneurship route. What makes it difficult is the fact that. Architecture is not like selling sneakers or selling couches. <clears throat> when you think of an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur is someone who sets up systems uh, for commerce or transactions to take place where they're selling a product or service to a market. Right? That's what an entrepreneur is. So what you're selling here is a service. Architecture is a service. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, a service, whenever there's a service, there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of tape around it. There's especially a technical one, which um, has you're risking the lives of, of your clients, essentially. Every time you draw something that must get built, you as an architect take responsibility for it. Mm -hmm. You get sued. Legal action can be taken on you if someone dies and you... Have you mm -hmm. seen some of the stuff, uh, you know, that gets built, Kokas, like... I've seen it. <laughs> So it's regulated by a body. There's a body, there's a, there's a national body which counsels and regulates uh, the designs, the, 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 you know, the, um, the quality of the work which gets put out. 
yeah. uh, to a South African standard because we actually measured, we are measured against a British standard. So when you go to, that's why our universities here are sought mm. after. A lot of people yeah. from other countries, or Congo, uh, or Cameroon, Tanzania, mm. um, Uganda, they come study here, UCT, because why? Our architecture degree, if you look at the buildings, have you seen the, the houses and the buildings in South Africa? South Africa has one of yeah. the top standards. You, you match it with Australia. Uh, mm. Australia, I think, is the only one who competes with us. Because our buildings, our designs, yeah. by far, they're like only thing that comes close to Spanish architecture. Um, yeah. yeah, like European architecture is kind of old now. They don't have land. We have land. Oh yeah, Dubai doesn't even have land. It's limited. Yeah, they, we have they, land. They land. That's why you see the, our type of architecture is mm-hmm. is so so beautiful, so artistic. Because I mean, Africa is beautiful. So definitely, I'll tell you that um, being an entrepreneur, you got to understand, okay, what do I want to do in the space, number one? Mm-hmm. Every, every, every business is born out of a need. If you, if you can think, like I, like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. if you can think about an entrepreneur is there to solve a problem. You're not there to be an entrepreneur for the sake of, you know, ah, I just want to own my own thing, do my own thing. Yeah. You will mm-hmm. fail. It will rock you. This marketplace will rock you. Mm-hmm. You don't think the right way. Your approach should be: where is the need? Mm-hmm. Number one. And then once you see, okay, with my skill set, or what skill set is necessary for me to meet this need? So is my need in the residential space? Is it in the commercial space? Mm-hmm. Is it in the metaverse? Where's the need? Mm-hmm. The need. Once you identify where it is, you start piecing together what you need and where who's governing, uh, who's regulating this thing so that I can practice what I want to do in the business effectively, legally, and just make money. Because if you piece those things together, you own the business, mm-hmm. you're going to make money because you're coming into a space where um, people already, they already they already know. They already mm-hmm. know, understand the value. If, if, if I'm coming to a market, I can't sell. Let me make an example. I can't, I can't necessarily go uh, to Merrill's Arch ne, with a bucket of Amakwini and find my market there. You know, those guys, they trying to go to, <coughs> excuse me, those guys are trying to go to your news cafes. They're trying to go to your market beans to have a muffin and they're going to pay even 40, 50 rand for that, mm-hmm. right? Versus uh, if, if I have a bucket of Amakwini, by the taxi rent, yeah. you understand that that market is willing to pay and willing to willing to to, to transact with you because mm-hmm. it matches with um, you know the need versus the capacity. If the capacity is more than what the person needs in that environment, they may they may have the money to pay to pay you, but they may not yeah. pay you so. That's the example of trying to sell a Macquina in Melrose Arch. Yeah. I can struggle with the market outside Melrose Arch because why that market it doesn't want it's looking for higher quality of dining than eating yeah. bus fast, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a higher quality of dining in the same way with architecture. Where's your clientele? So if I'm if my skill level of what I'm whatever it is that I'm offering the marketplace 
is not up to par, they won't pay. So that's the thing. You got to match your skill with the environment of the need and be able Mm -hmm. to meet that need at the highest level for that client. Because if you want to be rich as an entrepreneur in architecture, you gotta you gotta look for what the rich are looking for. What are they missing? And then develop your skill sets around that. Simple. And that's how you find your marketplace. Um, that's super super awesome. I think the one thing that we want to to literally dive into now at most um, now they've gotten a gist of of what it takes in terms of being an um, an architect and an entrepreneur in the architectural industry in itself. Um, what would you say then your aspirations now on? on your own personal level would be in terms of, of what you're currently doing now, obviously also in property development, I believe, yes? Yes, yes, mm. yes, yes. So I'm always innovating, man, um, because the world around me is changing so quickly. I'm always reading. I'm reading like a lot of business books, which mm guide a lot of my thinking around times like this, especially. Yeah. If you look at the times we're in now, you must always look at the time you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've, I've gotten a lot into investments now, and that's because mm-hmm. of property. You must remember the, the way my life has gone. Yeah, yeah. It's not, there's no one who wrote the story for me. Mm-hmm. I learned architecture, and then I then found out about architecture. I pursued architecture, which put me in a position to understand construction. I understand mm-hmm. construction. Uh, I, I made my first million in construction. Mm-hmm. And then from construction, I understand, okay, this money has to move somewhere. <clears throat> it's not just about make your first million, then what? It's like, okay, there's my clients who are actually spending this money with me. They are mm-hmm. investing. So that opened my mind to property investment. And then yeah. when you understand property investment as an investment vehicle, that's where I'm at now. I'm mm-hmm. now looking at investments, like different investment classes now. Yeah. So if you understand my evolution and what I'm doing, um, you, you realize that I'm a type of architect that understands the economic flow of what we're doing and how that ties back into Mm-hmm. My art, because this is my creative power, right? Yeah. My creative power, art, and, and all the things which I learned doing it is also guiding my business. Yeah. So it's like when you when you do something like let's say I can be an architect and understand the cash flow systems in an architecture business, right? Mm-hmm. So I understand, okay, maybe we get paid, we get paid as a business in the middle of the year. Because mm-hmm. that's when a lot of people are active trying to get stuff done at council. Um, and then I know that my highest period of construction is happening in the first half of the year because it's winter, there's less rain, it's easier to do construction. So you understand, I'm starting to understand money as a seasonal thing, the seasons, right? And when you, when you understand investments, there's also seasons. So when you understand the seasons of you getting money, you got to mm-hmm. understand where to store some of this money and when you're going to get it. So it's your income structures. So that's what I'm up to right now. I'm in a space now. I'm starting to learn from scratch about, you know, foreign exchange, mm-hmm. uh, stocks. I'm starting to learn 
uh, a little bit about crypto, although right now crypto is 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 in the pits. But overall, these are investment vehicles, and they some have short term returns, some have long term returns. So yeah. my goal is to be retired. I'm trying to be retired 35, but my retirement doesn't mean I'm not working. I'm on the beach. My retirement means I'm focused. I'm no longer on, you know, fast pace. Basically, your time now. Not really settle, but play a bigger picture. Yeah. So I'm trying to play the bigger picture. And there's there'll come a time like I, I'll tell I'll, I'll tell any young people right now if you're mm-hmm. if you're between the ages of eighty to thirty, work mm-hmm. your butt off like just work your butt off don't don't even don't take your 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 youth is probably the best thing and I'm glad I, yeah. I slept on floors I grind that's the time you can afford to do it so use mm-hmm. it if you're serious mm-hmm. about anything don't don't care about what your friends are doing you're gonna thank yourself because ten years from there. I, I started my first business when I was what, 17, 18. Mm-hmm. Grinding, failing, fail, go fail. But grind, like work hard, push your body, push your mind, push your risk tolerance, push yourself. Rather come to a point where now you're 30, 30 something. And mm-hmm. what, because the most valuable thing that I have is all the knowledge and experience that I've gathered. Now it's yeah. very easy for me to start a company and understand where to go. I'm not, I'm not like, it's not like I wasted my, my years paying a credit card. Like, that's what you do. Like, you, when you really realize what you're doing in, with your life, mm-hmm. you wasted 10 years to, to pay off a furniture account. That's what you were working. And then mm-hmm. get to a point in your life, you have no more energy. And now you're thinking, okay, business. Now you want to change. Why are you making it harder for yourself? Don't. So when you're young, forget about, for, forget about, oh, you know, and I'll say this a lot for the guys, especially mm-hmm. because you guys really have, you have, <laughs> you have the advantage, man. You've got a clean 10 years, my guy. If you forget sure. about girls, you forget about, you know, nonsense, man, like drinking party, do it for a bit. You don't need to do that thing too much. Mm-hmm. Focus. Just work. You will thank yourself. Just work. Because all of us, we're trying to figure out, okay, what to do with our lives. But look, life is changing while you're still paying off Ellerin's furniture thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Think of Think life like, okay, let me take risk. Let me let me be a little bit ridiculous. This is your time. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't get children. Just relax. Just relax. Mm-hmm. For girls, there's a bit more pressure. That's why girls, they, they need to be smarter, younger. Guys are stupid until like 22, 23. Right? Yeah. Then you gotta grind. But my best advice is take the risks in your twenties. Thirties, uh, you have much much more clarity. You're gonna have much more clarity and you know what? you you've increased your chances of winning because you've probably built some reputation, you've probably done something. So that's you know, yeah. that's my advice to the young ones. Okay, okay. Um I appreciate that. I think that is it from my end. Um, and I believe this is Bill C. Ziba. Okay, you can call me Bills, you can call me Obegi, Mr. Mm-hmm. Bill Capital, anyone which you remember. Um, okay. yeah, man, it's a pleasure, it's always an honor to, 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 to kind of sit down and, and, and give some insight in the game. Yeah. 
when I was young, there was there was none of this. Man. True. No, I couldn't get on a Zoom, talk to an architect, a black architect, and get like real life insights. So yeah. I feel like that's the opportunity I have now. So it's, it's an honor, it's a pleasure to to be on your on your video yeah. chat right now, and I hope that whoever's listening is giving you a bit more clarity, inspiration, mm -hmm. uh, push on, and yeah, man, you can you can you can create something really special for yourself. True, 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 true. Um, so as I said, from Kayalako, right? Kayalako Properties. Kayalako Properties, that's the one. Um, and they should give a follow as well. Check yes, you out. IG, Facebook, we're also on Facebook, and right now we're blowing up on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, the, if you want to learn, follow the TikTok. Oh, okay, okay. If you, so, if you just want to see the pictures, the houses, go on Facebook. Or the gram, but if you want to learn about like mm -hmm. the real, real juicy stuff, TikTok. It's on TikTok. Okay. Yes. Everybody got that, and then they'll be following in as they, they go along. Um, as I believe that most, especially how we we're launching this um, platform in itself, we're launching it mostly in disadvantaged yeah. areas. So they're getting it first um, before going into, into the big cities that most before that. Right. Um, so it will be mostly good and special for them to receive such um, and go forward in now learning and knowing what to be an architect is that it's military school. That should be remembered. It's military. It's military. <laughs> I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm not sugarcoating. Number one is going to, you, you're going to need to shine just to make it in, to qualify because they only take what, 50, 50 to 60 students, I think, right now? Yeah. Per year. It's one class. Sure. Okay. Most institutions are going to take 50 people in the whole country. And that's an average class in, in a certain school. Yeah, that's just one class. I mean, you, you study marketing or any of these degrees, seven, mm -hmm. ten classes in one year. You've got one class of 50 yeah. for architecture. So just know what you're getting yourself. I'm going to tell you the reality, not to demotivate you, but you know yourself. If you, if you already know you're hardworking, you've got good work ethic, if you already know that... Mm -hmm got an edge because you know there's something you're good at then be confident enough to pursue it because of 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 a thousand applications they have to go through all the applications they're looking at they're looking for something that stands out for them so if you really want it you can get it you just gotta know what to expect so you're awesome. not when you see it. awesome stuff um so believe this was the reporters and I think I'll see everybody once after this. Now I'll talk to him after. So everybody is out for now.